Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, first question, of all the things that you use to control your blood pressure, is having a freshman quarterback throwing into the Notre Dame secondary one of them? Uh, absolutely not. Um, that worries me a little bit if I'm a Wake Forest fan. What say you, Joey? Uh, yeah, I would say, to be fair, I think it would worry you a lot more if you weren't a Notre Dame fan, but... Uh, yeah, getting uh, getting true freshmen to throw into really good defenses and secondaries, not not really uh, for sore eyes all the time. So we'll we'll see if that you know if we can buck the trend this week. Um, my, Dave Clawson's offenses look pretty good so far this year, but you know we'll we'll see if that trend can continue. Mike, we got week four in the ACC. Let's just go ahead and dive right in. As we were talking about at noon on ABC, the Wake Forest Stephen Deeks seven and a half point home dog hosting. Your number eight Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, once again, this is at noon on ABC. The total here is 60 and a half. Wake Forest coming off a loss, a loss at home last week to Boston College. Getting back together here. And Notre Dame coming in at 3 0 off a, a really strong win to start the year over Michigan. And then a couple of fine performances, we'll say. I'm feeling I'm feeling interesting on this one, Mike. Home game for Wake Forest. They typically play well at home. Yes, it's a true freshman throwing into Notre Dame's defense, which can be rough. But Notre Dame hasn't really looked like world beaters the last couple of weeks either. In the last couple of weeks, I mean, is that because they don't have to, or just because they're not world beaters? Their offense isn't that good. Uh, I think that's really what it boils down to. I mean, the rushing attack is fine, and the Brian Kelly offense really since he's gotten to Notre Dame, has been predicated on running the football. And they still do that really well with their running backs, with their quarterback. Uh, the only problem is that when Brandon Wimbush gets in a passing down, uh, he's completely and totally inept. Uh, he hasn't really made any strides in the passing game. He's good for a couple of really, really outstanding throws per game. And then there are a few throws where he puts it into double coverage. He overthrows. He underthrows. Uh, and Notre Dame's offense can't stay on the field on third down. Wake Forest's defense is okay. Um, they're not as good as they've been the last few years, but they're okay. Uh, they're ranked middle of the pack against the run. Uh, passing defense, obviously a problem. We saw what Anthony Brown did to them last week in the passing game. So the issue that I have here with this football game for Notre Dame is that I'm not sure that Brandon Wimbush will be able to expose the weaknesses in the Wake Forest defense, primarily in the secondary, um, which is why we see this line at Wake Forest plus seven and a half. Notre Dame is the better team here. Notre Dame should win the game, even though it's on the road. But it's a noon kickoff in Winston-Salem. Wake Forest will be ready to play. But the concern I have for Notre Dame, you flip it over to Wake Forest side, is a similar concern that I have, right? So 
Notre Dame's secondary, one of the best in college football. Their passing defense has been very good. They have a top 25 rushing defense, passing defense, and scoring defense. So Notre Dame's defense has been very good this year. Sam Hartman throwing into that secondary, like you said, off the top. Uh, makes me a little bit nervous if I'm a Wake Forest fan because Sam Hartman's been very good. He's going to be the starter, by the way. Kendall Hinton officially listed at number two on the depth chart as he returns from suspension. Um, so he's the guy at home against Notre Dame against a really good secondary. For all the good throws he's made, he's made one or two a game that you really, really, really make you scratch your head. Like, hey, don't throw that pass, right? Uh, that's my concern if I'm a Wake Forest fan in this game. I think they'll be able to run the ball a little bit on Notre Dame. Uh, Cade Carney and Matt Colburn, both over 100 yards rushing uh, last week against Boston College. The only problem is it took them about 55 carries to do so. Uh, do they get that kind of opportunity against Notre Dame's defense? That's really the question in this football game. I think Wake Forest covers seven and a half because I don't trust Brandon Wimbush's arm enough to expose the weaknesses in the Wake Forest defense. So Notre Dame goes in to Winston-Salem. They win in a look-ahead spot. They got Stanford next weekend, so keep an eye on that. Noon kickoff, a little bit sleepy. Uh, watch out, but I think Notre Dame wins there. Wake Forest definitely covers seven and a half. Survive in advance to Stanford, then on to Blacksburg to play the Hokies. I mean, it doesn't get any easier for Notre Dame, so they better not be looking ahead this weekend because Wake Forest could get them. So where are you at in the spread here? Are you taking the points with Wake Forest? I'm taking, uh, yeah, I think Wake Forest covers here. Um, I think they keep it close enough. They maybe force a Brandon Wimbush turnover, run the ball well enough uh, to cover here. But man, it, it could be it could be a close game, especially when it's a nooner. That man, I I don't know. Weird weird kickoff time. Weird place to play. I think I'm with you on this with a hook out outside of seven points. I think I like getting Wake Forest to keep this one within a score. I, I don't think that they end up winning this game outright. Again, there is there is such potential for a freshman moment here that you know will change the course of this game. And I mean, if you just look from a straight talent standpoint, I mean, Notre Dame could run away with this game without a problem. But I don't know that we've seen that level of execution from them, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think that Wake Forest tends to be coached well enough that it's their defense only has to key in on the run, as you saw with Tulane. Now, Tulane, Notre Dame, kind of different beasts. But if they can key in on the run and force Brandon Wimbush to have to beat him with his arm, I think they've got a chance here to at least keep this one close, make it you know way too interesting for the Irish I think I'm with you here. Give me Wake Forest and the points, but I, I think Notre Dame wins outright. Um, we'll say Wake Forest in an entertaining one, uh, or, or excuse me, Notre Dame in an entertaining one. Maybe let's go 24 to 20. Notre Dame over Wake Forest. A little bit of a lower scoring game too. Um, part of me feels like if this game gets you know really high scoring, that's probably a bad thing for Notre Dame. I don't know that their offense has shown yet that they can really win a track meet. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Give me, give me the, uh, the Deeks and the points. And uh, Mike, we agree on that one. Agree. We agree. Let's move on. 3.30 PM on ABC. The number three Clemson Tigers, a 16 and a half point road favorite at my Georgia tech yellow jackets, Mike. Uh, at one point, this spread was at 17 and that was the largest underdog Georgia Tech has ever been under Paul Johnson. And I can't really say it's not warranted. 
they're winning, you know, playing against a team they haven't beaten in the last three tries and a team that, by the way, has been to the playoff three straight years and won the national title two years ago and defensively has just dominated this offense in recent years. It's just, to me, I'm not really sure what to think about this game or how to feel about it. First of all, we'll say Kelly Bryant's back for Clemson this week. Who's to say how much time he'll be splitting with Trevor Lawrence in this game at quarterback for the Tigers, but I'm really torn on whether I think Georgia Tech can rebound, and especially against the defense that we've seen from Clemson, not only just in a vacuum or, or you know in any game that they've played, but especially in playing Georgia Tech these last couple of years, the Jackets have had such a hard time scoring. I, I just I want to think that they can keep it close, Mike, but I don't really feel great about that at all. I think the problem Georgia Tech's going to have here is that this is one of the few teams on their schedule that can completely overwhelm them up front. Um, you know, we talk about the Clemson defensive line, the depth that they have outside of their top four guys who are all future NFL draft picks. Um, we don't have to dive into that any further than we already have multiple times. You know, the, the front seven specifically for Clemson is outstanding. Um this is one of those games where I worry a bit about Georgia Tech's offensive line, their ability to block the front seven of Clemson, um, and then in turn forcing Tiquan Marshall to throw the football, which has not been a very fruitful exercise for them. Um, that's my concern with Georgia Tech. As a solid verbal says, uh, this could be a crockpotting, like a slow burn where Clemson doesn't come out and just blow the doors off of Georgia Tech, but in the end, uh, they do enough to win and cover here. I think Clemson wins this game comfortably. I wouldn't touch the 16.5 point spread, but keep an eye on this. I mean, I think Georgia Tech, you know, if they play well, they can keep it within 17, right? But if they don't play well, it could still be kind of a similar result. Like, I'm not sure Clemson is just going to come out and just blow the doors off of Georgia Tech just because. Georgia Tech plays that ball control game, pick up a few first downs. Um, Clemson doesn't have the ball long enough to turn this thing into a blowout. Uh, but I think in the end, Clemson wins and covers here. I think they do enough here on the road to cover the spread. Pretty comfortable, low-stress win for Clemson. I would be surprised if this was like a high-stress game. I hope kind of for your sake it is, just because that would be really exciting for Georgia Tech to, to you know, be in a position to pull off an upset, especially with how things have gone the first three weeks. But uh, yeah. Clemson wins, Clemson covers, might not be a blowout, but I think they do cover that 17 or 16 and a half rather. I think I'm with you on that. I, I, I mean, I would love to think Paul Johnson has something up his sleeve here and they'll be able to keep this one close, even maybe pull off one of the miraculous wins we've seen his program pull off in recent years. But I, I mean, going back to what I was saying on the week three recap, it's like, I just don't have a lot of faith in this team, the way they're playing right now. I don't think he's he, he's getting the quarterback play out of Taquan Marshall that he's going to need to have that kind of an upset win. I think I'm with you, Mike. Give me Clemson to, to cover 16 and a half here. The thing that I get hung up on, especially with the spread, and, and I'm with you, like I would not actually bet this game either direction. Clemson is not really in the business of just totally boat racing people. Um, Clemson is the kind of team that's going to get up three or four scores and then just coast. And you saw it almost come back to bite them against Texas A&M. I mean, they were up, what, you know, 14 points or something like that, and, and they started to coast. 
and, and you look at them playing a, a totally inferior Furman team and a totally inferior Georgia Southern team, and they win 48 to seven and 38 to seven, right? I mean, they're not, they're not sitting here trying to drop 70 on anybody. And so for that reason, I mean, I could see this thing, you may, you know, I could see a potential backdoor cover, that kind of thing. But more importantly, Mike, the total here, 52 points. I don't think this game's going over. I think Clemson would have to score most of that by themselves. And, and I mean, I, I don't know that Georgia Tech is scoring that many points in this game to the point that Clemson would be, wouldn't be running up the score if they were to, if this game were to go over. So the total being 52, Mike, my pick of the week, ACC pick of the week coming here early. Once again, I'm going with Georgia Tech total going under 52 points in this game. I, I think this is a lower scoring game. I don't think Georgia Tech's going to be able to help very much, frankly, as it relates to scoring. So uh, ACC pick of the week, Georgia Tech, Clemson under 52 points. Lock that thing up, Mike. Lock it up. Christmas came early. Your pick came early. Here it is. That is correct. Well, Christmas has not come early for me. That's for damn sure. Um, as Meanwhile, my Braves are trying to blow the playoff berth, and Philly's not quite ready to let them. But we'll get back to that later. Um, Mike, let's move on here. At noon on ESPN2, the newly ranked number 23, Dan Rubin fighting Boston College Eagles, a six-and-a-half-point road favorite at Purdue. Uh, this is an interesting out-of-conference matchup we looked at in the preseason. Boston College just inside of a touchdown here on the road against a Purdue team that I think we're still trying to really figure out what they are. Um, they are 0-3 here. Uh, they have since lost to Northwestern, Eastern Michigan, and Missouri. But each of these were within – I mean, I think they've lost those three games by a combined – seven points, which is not really a great place to be if you're a Purdue fan, but you know, sometimes you just catch the wrong end of the luck. Boston college been playing really well. Purdue's defense, not particularly stout here. I, I mean, this should be just like a walkthrough for Boston college, right? In theory, um, only six and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, Purdue is pretty much a one trick pony on offense with Rondell Moore, which Mm -hmm. Fine with me. He's outstanding. He's uh, real you, good. Yeah. If you haven't watched him, uh, freshman wide receiver Rondell Moore for Purdue is a lightning rod. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. Every time he touches the ball, he can score. Um, this is SEC talent coming to a ACC middle, talent. ACC talent coming to a middle of the pack Big Ten program. I mean, the reason why I said SEC talent in all seriousness is because he was recruited by like Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Like those were his like top three schools that were really pushed to come after him. Um, instead says, you know what? I'm going to go play at Purdue, uh, which is cool for the Big Ten because Purdue isn't even like a prominent program in the Big Ten anymore. And, you know, Jeff Brom's done a nice job there, but I mean, let's call it what it is. Uh, but he is electric. So keep an eye on him in this game. BC's defense will certainly be keeping an eye on him, um, both as a runner, a receiver, and as a returner. Um, noon kickoff, you're newly ranked. Everybody's talking about how great you are. This is a trap spot for BC against a team that hasn't won a game yet, uh, but has talent and is well coached. BC wins. Be careful. That's all I'm going to say. Noon kickoff. And noon kickoff. Kickoffs get weird, Joey. New mm -hmm. kickoffs get weird when you haven't had expectations for years with your football program, 
and finally you have expectations and then you're playing a team that hasn't won a game yet and hasn't looked particularly good all year, uh, but has talent as well coached. Be careful, Boston College. We've seen this bite a lot of teams in the ass, a lot of teams. So just keep an eye on this game. I think A.J. Dillon and Anthony Brown are enough to get the job done, though, on the road. I think they win. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Are you, are you picking uh, Eagles cover? I, oh, man, I am not. I think Purdue covers. Ooh. In Purdue with don't, the points. Don't feel great about it, for the record, but. Uh, yeah, I think Purdue keeps it at the very least within 10, but yeah, I'm going to say for purposes of the podcast, Purdue covers. Mike, I think I'm just going to keep rolling with the D train here. Okay. I'm going to keep riding the D train. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Boston college covers six and a half. Shoot. shoot. Um, I, yeah, that's right. I think they cover six and a half. Purdue very much a one trick pony, right? You know, it, it is a a pretty clear just passing offense. Um, they in the run game, I mean, they they've done okay so far this year, but it's it's been a couple big plays here and there. I don't know that it's really sustainable. Um, I think Boston College's defense is going to be pretty pretty stout in this game. I think I think Purdue's going to have a bit of a hard time moving the ball. Boston College, the biggest thing for them, I mean, this is a coming off of a pretty big road win last Thursday, going on the road again to a team you don't normally see. I mean, you never know what could happen, but I think that Boston college has been good enough, especially on offense, but really on both sides of the ball, I'm just going to keep riding the D train, Mike. I'm going to take Boston college to cover six and a half. Uh, total here is 68 and that's a high number. It's kind of tempting to take the under, if anything, but I might go over that. I mean, that, that could this could be a, a pretty high-scoring game. Don't know if I feel good enough to bet it, but over, if anything, here, I think. Yep, probably won't touch it, but sure, let's go over. Yeah, life's, too short, the, life's too short to bet the under. Yeah, That is correct. Both of these teams, well, except for when I'm making my pick of the week, apparently. Both of these teams, I mean, if nothing else, they can score. So, I mean, yeah. Could be a high-scoring, fun game to watch, so check out ESPN2 at noon again for uh, Boston College at Purdue. Moving on, Mike, 12.30 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra. The Louisville Cardinals on the road in Charlottesville taking on the Virginia Cavaliers, a five-point home favorite there are the Cavs. And, Mike, if you told me before this year that this game was going to have a five-point spread, I think I would have believed you. If you had told me it was going to be Virginia favored and not Louisville, that's where I would have kind of uh, I would have looked at you a little funny. Uh, yeah, and it's funny how this is really taking a turn because it looks like Virginia might have an offense, Joey. They might. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Ellis, real deal at running back if they give him the ball, which they did last week, and look how it worked out. Um, mm-hmm. and Bryce Perkins, I mean, he showed what he could do with his feet up until last week. What was it, ten carries for eight yards? So. You know, the tables completely turned, completed 25 or 30 passes through the air, didn't make any mistakes. I think that's the biggest thing right now in Virginia is Bryce Perkins is not making many mistakes, which is a nice recipe against a bad defense with Louisville. Virginia playing this game at home uh, at Scott Stadium. Uh, Louisville is shuffling around quarterbacks, trying to find something that works. Blake Cunningham looks like the guy because Juwan Pass looked really bad. <laughs> In the opening three games, Louisville struggling on defense. 
it's a Brian Van Gorder defense, which you know I always bet against. And um, I just I like Virginia here. Virginia, five-point favorite at home. Bryce Perkins, like the way he's playing right now, really like this offense. Virginia's defense hasn't been bad either. I think this might be a decent football team, Joey. I'm taking Virginia to win and cover. It's my ACC pick of the week. Ooh. Lock it up. Lock up the who's. I'm going to tell all of Twitter that one Mike McDaniel is making Virginia covering the spread his ACC pick of the week. Not bad. I am. I also said that Virginia might be an okay football team, which famous last words. Yeah. Well, there's that. Uh, Yeah. But I think they're playing a bad football team in Louisville. Like, I think Louisville is objectively a bad football team offensively and defensively. Virginia's got enough at home to get the job done. Uh, I think they win this game by seven, ten points. As a Louisville fan, hearing you say that Louisville is objectively a bad football team, I, I'm not going to really tell you you're wrong here. Um, I I have not seen anything that has given me a whole lot of any confidence in Louisville this year. Um, I was just actually reading an article, article before we came on here, kind of uh, revisiting the comments that Bobby Petrino made in the offseason about how their offense very well could be better without Lamar Jackson. And there's a reason we're revisiting those comments right now, Mike. Let's just leave it there. And there's been a nice little quarterback battle here between Jawan Pass and Malik Cunningham. And Malik Cunningham seems to be the one that is not. Um, he's less bad. Not, yeah, he's less bad. He's not really the one stubbing his toe here, I guess. So, I mean, Malik Cunningham has also been the the entire run game for Louisville so far this year. So that's that's a thing. Um yeah, I think Virginia is a much better, just a much more put together football team right now than Louisville is. I think, if anything, this this number is within a touchdown, probably because of national perceptions of these two programs. Yep. But if you just watch these games, man, Virginia's been a better team than Louisville has been. So I, I'm with you. Give me the who's covering five here, and uh, yeah, I don't think this is a bad pick at all to lock up. And I know we have to I know we have to move on, but we talked with Ethan Moore in the season preview about Louisville and talked about, okay, well, Bobby Petrino doesn't get off to the best star. Say he loses a game to, I don't know, say Virginia. We mentioned that in the preview. And Louisville doesn't get off to a great start, which this wouldn't be a great start for Louisville. Then how's Bobby Petrino's job security? And ironically enough, Ethan Moore brought up Jeff Brom at Purdue who's also off to a terrible start. We didn't entertain the fact that Purdue would also be 0-3. Um, yeah. So what are the options for Louisville? Like, maybe it's still Jeff Brom. I think Jeff Brom's a good coach, right? But if they choose to part ways with Bobby Petrino, uh, it's a long season. Things can change for both programs. And maybe Purdue goes on, you know, goes to a bowl game, wins a bowl game, and you fire Petrino, and Jeff Brom's your guy, and it's all sunshine and roses as... Dan Rubin likes to say, but what if it's not right? Like, what are your options? Do you keep Petrino and, you know, keep spinning your wheels or I I don't know what their options are, Joey, which is a conversation maybe for another time, but something to keep in mind here as the season moves along. Yeah. Louisville, not in a great spot right now. This is again, this is a little bit of what I was saying for a lot of the off season is that, I think having a generational talent at quarterback was probably covering up some issues on, on their end. So I, I think some of those chickens are coming home to roost, so to speak. Um, I'm with you here, Mike. Virginia covering five. I think I think the Hoos are going to win pretty big here. 12.20 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra. The Pitt Panthers, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite at your North Carolina Tar Heels, Mike. 
And this game, I, I mean, this game is probably not a battle of who's better, but maybe of who's worse at this point. We talked a little bit of after Pitt beat Georgia Tech that's like, I don't know that necessarily the better team won, but I mean, either way, I don't know that either of those teams is all that good right now. And shoe buddy, Pitt being a road favorite over North Carolina tells you something about where the Tar Heels sit in the ACC right now. Yeah, I'll I'll make this pretty quick. Pitt has beaten Albany. Uh, they lost in a blowout to Penn State, who's probably good, and they lost to Georgia Tech, uh, or they beat Georgia Tech, excuse me, who's also probably not all that good. So Pitt's two and one. Uh, meanwhile, as bad as it looked against Penn State for Pittsburgh. Um, that is their worst loss right now because it's their only loss. Uh, North Carolina lost to East Carolina by multiple touchdowns. East Carolina looks like they're a completely inept football program. Give me Pitt on the road. Pitt minus anything. Not minus anything, but they're up. They're minus three and a half here. I think they win and cover. I'm not betting the game because I don't think Pitt's any good. North Carolina's worse, in my opinion. And maybe it's a coin flip, and maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But there is nothing that I've seen out of North Carolina that inspires any sort of confidence in this point. At least for Pitt, they're coming off of a big win. Um, a big win for them, at the very least. Uh, I think they can get their third one here on the road. And I think it's going to be really important for them to get this game because the schedule doesn't get any easier. And I think if you win this game against North Carolina, it's a toss-up game on their schedule. We talked about the season preview. They get to bowl eligibility. So... Give me Pitt. Pitt wins and covers. Barely. I, I agree. Pitt, to, to me, this is picking – I'm picking Pitt here, not because I think Pitt is, like, really that good, but because I trust their quarterback play more. I trust their offensive skill talent more. I trust their coaching more. I trust their defense way more. Like, if this becomes a pick of who's going to screw it up, I, I, I pick North Carolina to screw that up before I pick Pitt to. So – um, North Carolina getting some guys back from suspension, I believe, this week, but I don't think that's enough. They, they, they've been so far from good so far this year. So, yeah, give me Pitt to cover three and a half. Uh, let's go Panthers 28-17. I, I think yeah. something you know fairly comfortable, 11 points or something like that, I think is totally doable. Might get a couple of long runs from a Quadriolison or something like that. You know, it's, there, there's, there's yards to be had against this North Carolina defense, Mike. Yep, fair enough. 3.30 p.m. on ESPNU. Mike, buckle up Buckle up here. The Florida State Seminoles, a 10-point home favorite against the Northern Illinois Huskies. Mike, you uh, you riding with the Knolls yet here? Uh, first, tell me about Havoc Rate, Joey. Tell me about Bill Connolly's Havoc Rate. All right, Havoc Rate for the uninitiated of the uh, advanced stats here. Havoc Rate is all about creating negative plays, so either tackles for loss, forcing fumbles, sacks, or breaking up passes, that kind of thing. Northern Illinois has got a really good defense, Mike, and this is where this all comes together. Northern Illinois has got a pretty dang good defense, but their Havoc Rate as a, as a general unit is not particularly great, but the Havoc Rate by their defensive line is really good. And you t take a, a defensive line that has a knack for creating havoc against an opposing offense, and you put them up against the grease fire that is Florida State's offensive line right now, man, I don't know how Florida State's going to operate on offense. And they haven't really been so far. So I, while I'm talking about it, you know what? Just give me the points. Give me Northern Illinois plus 10. I don't know if I'm going to pick them to win outright, but I don't think Florida State's got what it takes to run away in this game. Give me, give me Northern Illinois to cover, but I guess Knowles win like – 
16 to 10 or something like that. I mean, it'll be a low scoring, ugly slog of a game in my mind. Uh, I agree with everything except one thing you just said. You said that you don't know that Florida State has what it takes to blow out Northern Illinois. They got plenty as far as talent is concerned, which I know you agree with. The problem is they don't know what they're doing, Joey. They don't know what they're doing. And Northern Illinois' front four, good enough. Um, if your front four exists, you're going to have success against this Florida State offensive line right now. You just are. I mean, they're they're bad. Syracuse's mm-hmm. defense had success. Syracuse's defense is not any good, Joey. They're not. I mean, they got lit up by Western Michigan. Um, you know, their only other opponent was Wagner. Uh, yeah. Give me Northern Illinois win and cover, right? So they're automatically going to cover cover 11. I think they win this game outright, Joey. I like Northern Illinois here. I'm not picking Florida oh, State until they, until they show me otherwise. I'm not picking Florida State anymore. So give me Northern Illinois. I will say Northern Illinois' offense ranks 128th in S&P+. Plus. They are dreadful. So Florida State needs defensive touchdowns, which they might get, and that might be the difference. Um, yeah, I mean, the Huskies... The Huskies need to hold Florida State under like 10 points to have a chance at winning this game, I think, which isn't out of the question. We saw what a much worse Syracuse defense did last week to them. So, I mean, that is w- well within the realm of possibility, but I just I don't think it's going to be quite enough. I think they will, they will keep it close. It'll be ugly and messy, and I, I would not wa- wish watching this game on my worst enemy. So, you know, at your own peril, but yeah. Huskies plus 10 at the very least. I think I think Florida State wins outright, but I'll take the Huskies to cover. Uh, let's enough. move on, Mike. Yeah, 7 o'clock, CBS Sports Network, every ACC fan's favorite channel. The NC State Wolfpack, a five-and-a-half-point road favorite in Huntington, West Virginia. I think that's where Marshall is, right? Against the Marshall Thundering Herd. Um, first of all, NC State inside of a touchdown against Marshall. Does that kind of uh, pique your interest here, Mike? Feels like NC State, NC, NC State. One of my she sells seashells. Yeah, yeah. I'm losing my teeth already at 26. Uh, I promise. I promise we did our warmups before we came on here. Yeah, <laughs> I promise to try not to sound like too big of an idiot for the rest of the podcast. Um, NC State should win and cover, right? Like they should. Only five and a half point favorite. They're on the road. Um, two questions. One is Marshall any good? Two, is NC State any good, right? Like, mm-hmm. two questions I'm not sure we have the answer to. Um, this is a weird game. Because of where it's being played, time of day, a lot of weird games on the slate this week, Joey. A lot of really strange kickoff times, strange lines. This one spooks me out a little bit. NC State's got more talent. They're the better team. I think they win. I think they cover. I would not necessarily bet this game because I don't know what Vegas knows that I don't. Like NC State should comfortably win, but they're going on the road to Marshall night game. Could get weird, but I think Ryan Finley makes enough plays in the passing game to get the job done here. Plus, I mean, they've had a whole week, to, whole extra week to prepare, uh, given that they did not play West Virginia last week as planned because of their hurricane. So. NC State wins and covers. Ryan Finley makes enough plays in passing game. They win. I just have a weird feeling about this game, Mike. And by the way, first of all, I have confirmed that Marshall University is located in Huntington, West Virginia. So your boy nailed that one. 
the weird thing, you're right. First of all, they're coming off of a a, a uh, an unpredicted bye week. A lot of players, I'm sure, have families dealing with the repercussions of this hurricane that have come through. There's a lot of destruction and despair going on in, in that region of North Carolina right now. So that's something to consider as something that's kind of going on off the field that could impact this game. They did get some rest. And you figure, actually, whatever prep they were doing for West Virginia's offense, at least, it's still valid. I mean, Marshall is a pretty heavy passing team on offense. And so that all still kind of applies in a lot of ways. I'm 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 a little spooked again. Yeah. So all the off-field stuff. I'm also not a hundred percent sure of how good NC State is just yet, as you were saying. I kind of want to go out on a limb and just pick Marshall to cover here. Um I don't know, Mike. Is that is that a bad move here? Just being, you know, kind of ballsy here and just take Marshall in the points. You have no reason to pick Marshall in this game, I don't think. Yeah, not really. But it wouldn't be a bad pick, Joey. It really <laughs> would. Like, like, there's no reason for it, but Vegas knows. I have no, I have no idea why NC State's only a five and a half point favorite. I'm missing I'm missing a key piece of information, uh, which makes me very afraid. So yeah. if you want to pick Marshall, hey, more, man, more power to you. You might win a lot of money. Like, I I don't know what's going on with this line. And if you pick Marshall, I don't really understand why. But, hey, it could work out. Yeah. I'm just going to ride with you here. I'm going to take NC State to cover five and a half. Inside of a touchdown – I think Ryan Finley, like you said, and his weapons he's got on offense, I think that'll be good enough against a Marshall team that hasn't really proved a ton yet. They're probably not dealing with a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot less than NC State is off the field right now, I would imagine. Um, a lot of guys probably, again, from the region that NC State is coming from and then same talent pool they're recruiting from. So, yeah, I'm just going to stick with this. NC State minus five and a half. Inside of a touchdown, I, I like this for the Wolfpack, I think. Chance it could get weird again on the road, especially in West Virginia at night. I mean, who knows? But, yeah, let's just take the Wolfpack and uh, get the hell out of here. Let's go NC State. Uh, NC State 38-28. Yeah, NC State 38-28. And that comes right up on the line of 56.5. So, uh, or actually, it goes a little bit over. So, maybe consider that. But it looks like a cover. So I think it's looking like a cover. Yeah, let's go there. Couple more here, Mike. Four o'clock on ESPN News. Every ACC fan's other favorite channel to watch yeah, live sports on. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, on buddy. ESPN News Network. Uh, the Syracuse Orange, a twenty-seven and a half point home favorite against the UConn Huskies. Syracuse riding high, coming off a big win. They're three and zero, looking to go four and zero here, and uh, get ready to take on Clemson in the week after. So, uh, good luck there. I, I don't think this is a look-ahead spot for them. This is a ton of points, Mike. But the thing is, UConn can't really score. Uh, they're not that good at offense. And that's something that Syracuse is good at. I think, gosh, am I really going to lay 27 and a half points here? I mean, maybe this is a bit of a letdown look ahead kind of thing before Clemson. I'm trying to, maybe, am, I, am I talking myself out of this too much? Uh, Syracuse wins and covers. That's so many points. I'm not batting it. Yeah, leave that alone. That is way too many points, but you also can't really put any faith in UConn here. Yo, UConn sucks, dude. 
Like, let's just like, how's that for analysis? Like, they're bad. <laughs> they're a bad football team. I was gonna say, I, I think I see your point. Um, they really struggled to beat Rhode Island last week at home, fifty-six forty-nine. I mean, people come here for the for the and you know the takes and the analysis. Uh, you know, straight up, yo, dude, UConn sucks. Which is something you could say to like a coworker who went to UConn. Um, Man, I'm also staring at this number of 76 points as the total in this game, and I'm thinking that is that's probably too high. But UConn, UConn in their three games so far this year have given up 56, 62, and 49 points respectively to UCF, Boise State, and Rhode Island. I think Syracuse might score at will here. This game might go over. Yeah, let's just take Syracuse to cover. I mean, again, this might be a bit of a letdown thing, but UConn's bad enough that I don't think Syracuse is going to have any sort of issues with this. I think this is probably going to look a lot more like the 56-17 and 62-7 beatdowns that UConn's already taken this year. So let's go orange to cover here. Uh, We'll go 49-17. to Would you be surprised by like 62-20? to No. Surprise you. Okay. No. Well, that's that's a win, that's a cover, and that's the over. So mm-hmm. um all bets are off, but all bets are actually not off. They're on. Here we they go. They sure are. They sure are. Yeah. Let's go orange to cover. 3 30 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. The number 13 Virginia Tech Hokies. Mike, those are your hokies. They uh, are. They are my a hokies. 20, a 28-point road favorite, and we're gonna need to talk for a second about why on earth they're going on the road for this game against the old Dominion. Give me a second. I'll come up with the uh, the monarchs. Here. The monarchs. The monarchs with that cool like lion mascot looking thing. It's actually a really pretty right. lion. <laughs> That's about all they got going for him in this game, Joey. Yeah, twenty eight points here on the road, and Old Dominion has been not particularly great. Dreadful. Not a lot of reason for Virginia Tech to really struggle here. I, I think this is a, a fairly easy win for them. Virginia Tech wins, they cover 28, and they might go over 51 and a half by themselves. So that's how I feel about this. Let's move on. Very well, Mike. Yeah, I, I don't mind that at all, actually, to take this game to go over 51 and a half because Virginia Tech might do that by themselves. Um, gosh, we're laying a lot of points in some of these games, Mike. I don't know how I feel about that. It worked um, out really well for me last Saturday. This is true. Yeah, well, that's sort of. That's sarcasm. That's that's sarcasm. Did not work out well for me at all, actually. Uh, don't go back and look at my picks. I don't have great feelings about a lot of these games. Again, with some pretty big spreads in here, and we're still trying to figure out some of these teams. Yep. Uh, last one with a spread, Mike. 3.30 p.m. on ESPN2. Our number 21 Miami Hurricanes, a 26.5-point home favorite against Florida International, the Panthers. Um you know, this is going to sound like some hater stuff. And, and you know, I've, I've heard that about Miami. I've gotten that about, you know, that maybe I'm a bit of a hater. I'm kind of tempted to take the points here. I feel like Florida International is low-key not actually that bad and might be able to keep this one to like a 24-point game or something like that. I mean, plenty of talent. You know, Butch Davis has done okay down there. I don't mind it, Mike. Uh, Miami wins. They probably cover, but wouldn't be surprised by a little backdoor action by Florida International in this game. Um, officially on the record, I'll say they cover, but Miami or Florida International? Uh, Miami. All right. Miami, Miami covers on the record. 
Uh, also on the record, would not be surprised if there was a little backdoor cover action by Florida International. But officially going with Miami to win and cover. Uh, 58 and a half is the over-under. Um, if Malik Rozier could do literally anything offensively, uh, I would feel pretty good about picking the over there because I think Florida International can score a little bit. But I'm not going to touch that. I don't trust Rozier. I don't trust Florida International necessarily to score all that much in this game, if that makes sense. I think they can score Miami, but how much is the real question if you're betting the over-under here. So I'm not going to touch 58 and a half. Um, if anything, I'd probably lean under, but I don't know. Could be interesting. That sounds right about where this game could end up um, at the final gun. So keep an eye on that. Yeah, for sure. Florida International can definitely score, but I mean, they gave Indiana a game to start the year. They just came off a huge win over UMass, 63-24. They're 2-1. and one. I mean, I think that they can keep this one a little bit close. They'll also be super hyped up. A lot of guys coming from Miami, getting to play in Hard Rock Stadium. I mean, they'll be jumping out the ceiling if they can keep this one close through like a quarter and a half. So I'm just going to take FIU and the points. That is a, a huge line. I, I don't know that they get really all that close to winning, but – We'll say Miami wins here 38 to 14. Yeah, that's 24 points. That's inside 26 and a half. So, yeah, 38-14, easy win, but Florida International covers here. It's never I, – I, I'd be very surprised if this was competitive at any point. I think I agree with that. I, I'd, I'd be a little surprised. Well, I, I think it'll be competitive the first, like, three or four drives of the game. Yeah, yep. I think FIU comes out playing with their hair on fire and then it wears off by about halftime and Miami cruises to an easy win in the second half. Yep. Last one, Mike. We don't have a spread for this game. 3.30 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra. Duke hosting North Carolina Central. That's an FCS team. Duke coming off of a, a pretty big win over Baylor where they had to uh, replace Daniel Jones with Quentin Harris at quarterback. That figures to be uh, the, the game plan this year, this week as well. I mean, I think Duke should have a pretty easy win here. Probably a good thing to get some more experience under the belt of Quentin Harris uh, with Virginia Tech. Your Hokies coming up next week. Uh, yeah, Quentin Harris going to get his feet wet a little bit more here. Um, North Carolina Central cannot hang with Duke, even in a look-ahead spot. Duke wins comfortably here, probably by like three or four touchdowns. I think they cruise. I think pretty easily, yeah. Uh, maybe even more 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 scores than that. Um, be curious to see what the line is when it's released on Saturday morning. Mike, that does it for week four. So to recap, the picks that we agree on, Wake Forest to cover seven and a half, Clemson to cover 16 and a half, Virginia to cover five, Pitt to cover three and a half, Northern Illinois plus 10, NC State plus or minus five and a half, and Syracuse minus 27 and a half, Virginia Tech minus 28. That is, once again, a lot of agreement. And we'll we'll just have to see. Hopefully, this is a good week for both of our records. We've been doing pretty well so far this year. I'm at 15, 7, and 1 overall. You're at 12, 10, and 1 overall. And our picks of the week are 1 and 2 each. So we need because, to basically just pick ACC games, Joey. That's what that we is. Do. Yeah. Just spray the board one unit per game, do something like that. But yeah, I got Clemson, Georgia Tech under 52 as my pick of the week. You got Virginia minus five as yours. Um, but those really have not been the fruitful ones. You really should just be betting one-to-one with all these games because apparently that's where we've been the best So, uh, for what that's worth. Anyways, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? I think we're good, Joey. Uh, this will be an interesting week. Got some conference action finally starting up. 
interesting game lines, interesting game times and locations. We talked about Virginia Tech on the road, Old Dominion, NC State going to Marshall, um, Wake hosting Notre Dame at noon. So got some interesting games here. Uh, things could get really weird really fast. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I got some teams on the road. I mean, Pitt going to North Carolina. That could get strange. Louisville BC? at Virginia. BC at Purdue. Like, Yep, Boston College at Purdue. I mean, yeah, keep an eye on it. This There's a couple of games here that could definitely get weird and, and have some implications. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And, and I, I think it should be a fun weekend. We're kind of wading into the, you know, you, you, you know those pools, Mike, that have the, uh, the zero entry walkway here? Yep, yep. Yeah, so we're like three or four steps into the zero entry walkway of conference play, and we we just hop right in next week, go full on into the pool. We'll have uh, nine games, and I believe seven of them are, or six or seven of them are conference games next week. So we'll have a whole bunch uh, as we kind of keep keep waiting our way into the season here overall. But um, anyways, yeah, there there are your picks for this week. We're gonna get out of here. We're gonna come back and recap these games when they've been played and uh, see which ones were the ones that got weird. Yeah, in the we meantime. Special, we got- yeah, special guest comment too. We won't reveal who it is, but yes, we do. Special guest comment. A special guest, and for those who are OG listeners of this podcast, by the way, this is not someone you've met before on this podcast. We have a, a brand new, uh, a new guest to the podcast coming for our recap of Week Four. So you'll just have to uh, tune in for that one. That'll be sometime Sunday night. So if you're uh, if you're a if a, a, a YouTube watcher slash listener, um, you might see a little bit of a notification come up that we're recording. So go check it out then. Um, yep. Mike, we got to get out of here. Until then, they can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email with your questions, your comments, your concerns to the longest email address known to man. That one's basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. That one felt better than last week. So, I, yeah, I, I feel like I'm back on the horse a little bit better. Good. Mike, they can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. Soon it'll be Spotify, but not just yet. Don't start counting your chickens. Mike, tell them where they can find us on the social medias. Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. Rate, review us on iTunes. Stop slacking. Go do that. Like we said last week, Mike is a man with a very particular set of skills that make him a nightmare for people like you if you're not rating and reviewing our podcast. So he will find you. And there's more to that line that I won't get into on this because it gets really, really dark really quickly in that movie. Yes. So just, I will not you know. kill you. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who's to say we haven't, we haven't tried it yet. I mean, yeah. we don't know what happens. I don't yeah. Do you want to find out what happens? Yeah, Def- definitely. have never killed anybody before. So that's good. <laughs> let's, good. Let's keep that. Let's keep that trend going and just rate review us on iTunes. Yeah, for sure. Do that, please. Uh, and like I said, you can also find us on, on YouTube if you so choose just go on there and search for basketball conference. We don't have a fancy URL or anything, but I uh, got a nice comment section brewing. So come and join the discussion there. Mike, it's been fun. You want to come back and recap these games when the weekend's over? I do. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Well, for that guy, Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy the games. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.